Hi, I'm Ellen Dupuy, KSFR2. The following show was recorded live at the Opposite Bookstore in Santa Fe, New Mexico, with your host, Jane Toganaga. Here am I, begging for only five minutes more. Five minutes more. Welcome, one and all, to Nichols Stories at the Opposite Bookstore. Yeah. Our next reader is Jill Schwartz, uh, the Bates Motel. Oh, is this right? The Bates Motel of Switzerland? Okay. <laughs> Having gone all the way from New York City to Florence, Italy to be mugged, my friend Cindy and I decided to lamb it out on the midnight train to the safer, more wholesome environs of Switzerland. The funny thing about Switzerland is that it looks like Switzerland. The magnificent Alps, the storybook buildings, and all those clean Swiss that had probably been taught to yodel in the cradle. In the, in the cradle. <laughs> Cindy and I <laughs> perused our Europe on the cheap guide and decided that Interlaken was the perfect place to start. We found a charming little storybook hotel halfway up the mountain that gave us a- easy access to the glacier above us and the huge lake below. We took a deep breath of joy. We were in a beautiful place with the angst of Italy behind us. One of the first things we did was to take a hike through the pine-covered trails that led up to the glacier. I was in my early 30s then, in pretty good shape, but we were both huffing and puffing up the steep trail. The worst part was seeing old Swiss grandmothers leaving us in the dust going up the mountain. Healthy and wholesome to the end, I guess. Of course, the glacier was breathtaking with what little breath we had left. We had really come to the perfect place. On our way down the trail, there was a little storybook inn. The Swiss were drinking their beer, laughing, toasting, and doing everything you would assume people do on a beautiful day in the mountains. We were both thirsty and ready for a cold drink. That was not to be found. For some strange reason, Europeans think it's unhealthy to drink cold drinks, no matter how hot it is. Ask for anything with ice in it, and they look at you like a total mad person. We had to settle for tepid glasses of water and lukewarm beer. Cindy became friendly with the son of the woman who ran our storybook hotel. I don't remember his name, so let's call him Hansel. He was probably somewhere between 16 to 18, and I found him a little creepy. Now, Cindy had left Jersey... 10 years ago for the more mellow, laid-back Portland, Oregon. Her Jersey radar just wasn't up to par anymore. (laughs) I, on the other hand, had my Jersey DAR, Brooklyn DAR, and Manhattan DAR working at full force, and it was going beep, 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 beep. The second night at the hotel, Cindy said that Hansel was going to drive us to a great little place to eat just outside of town. It sounded okay. I mean, it's always great to have local people invite you to places where you're traveling when you're traveling. Gives it that personal, hey, I'm hanging out with the locals where locals go touch. The little storybook restaurant was one of those dreams, finds of travel, lovely setting, everyone eating outside, a warm summer night. I relaxed and ordered the fresh trout, which I was sure someone had pulled flapping from the stream just a few hours ago. Everything perfect. Everything a tourist dream. And we started eating. Hansel announced to us in a very nonchalant voice that he liked to kill American women. I sat there, fork fork in mouth, not really thinking he was saying what he was saying. I said, what? 
he calmly repeated that he liked to kill American women. Cindy tried to change the subject. <laughs> Do you have any hobbies like carpentry or something? Can you use a hammer? I like to kill people with a hammer. I knew this, was, this trout was my last meal. I stared at Cindy. I stared at Hansel. I stared at everybody in the restaurant wondering whether to shout murder. Cindy kept trying to act like it was all a sick joke. When we finished our last meal, Hansel got into a Swiss-German argument with the uh, waiter. I have no idea what it was about. I turned to Cindy and said, this is our chance to make a break for it. There was no way we were getting back in the car with him. I think he just has a weird sense of humor. I don't care. There is no fucking way I'm going back in the car with him. Well, how are we going to get back to the inn, she said. I don't know. We'll try to get a ride from someone. Next thing I know, he's driven up the car and she gets in. I had no choice. I couldn't let her be murdered alone. Maybe with two of us, we could get the better of him. So I got into the car of doom, and sure enough, he takes off in the wrong direction away from town and toward the mountains. I'm just staring at the road thinking, this couldn't be happening. Suddenly, a few hundred yards from the restaurant, he quickly turns the car around and starts driving full force toward everyone sitting outside the storybook restaurant. Oh my God, this is it. At the very last minute, he turns the car away with a screeching sound and heads back into town. I guess it was his way of tipping the waiter. We get back to the storybook hotel. Hansel says something to his mother, and they both laugh in a sinister manner. We're getting out of here. They're both in on it. They're going to kill us and bury us up in the glacier, and 10,000 years from now, we'll melt out, and they'll know what primitive people from the 1980s looked like. Cindy wouldn't go. I could not persuade her to leave. It's late. It'll be hard to find a new place to stay. And so loyal schmuck that I am, I went back to the room with her. Cindy was my oldest and best friend. Somebody had a protector. The bathroom was in the hall, so I wouldn't let her go out to use unless she brandished her Swiss Army knife. We had both bought personalized Swiss Army knives the minute we got into Switzerland. After all, I'm not sure what else you buy in Switzerland. I held my Swiss Army knife up like a Swiss blade when I went to use the bathroom. Then we pushed all the furniture up against the floor door and went to bed. At least Cindy went to bed. I just sat staring at the ceiling all night, listening for the sound of the door being broken down. When Cindy got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, I wouldn't let her go, so she peed in a cup. Finally, morning, I'm packed in two seconds and ready to flee for my life. What about breakfast? We get breakfast with our room. Screw breakfast. We're getting the hell out of here. Next thing I know, she calmly goes and sits down for breakfast in the dining room. Now I'm ready to murder her. Again, friendship wins out, so I follow her into the dining room, and of course, who is serving breakfast? Hansel. They're going to poison the food. Let's get out of here. She storm calmly starts to eat. I just stared at my food and stared at her, wondering how long it would take for the poison to kick in. I finally get her out of there and onto the next train to Salzburg, Austria. Since then, I don't trust the Swiss. I don't trust their storybook houses. I don't trust their squeaky clean everything. I don't trust that they have glaciers everywhere, yet they can't put ice in your drink. And I don't trust their beautiful green valleys, and I don't trust their high, magnificent, snow-covered, yodel-friendly mountains. I just know they're up to something. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> Five minutes more, only five.